What is up? What is going on? Dave at SVA Baseball Card Collectors. And if you are a Game of Thrones fan like I am, holy shnikes. Wow. All I gotta say. Now, I'm gonna, this is the second to last episode. I will not be giving any spoilers, so don't worry about. But everyone, no. Um, it was like visually amazing. The action was awesome. Um, the storyline is being rushed because there's only six episodes. They should have just made this season longer. And I think the progression would have been better for certain stories and certain storylines. And if you, you watched it, you would know what I'm talking about. It just seems very rushed for everything. And people who were very clever and, and smart and it was so deep and intricate, all of a sudden are very shallow and because there's not enough time. There's just not enough time for the plot. <coughs> so it definitely, definitely shows that these are not coming from the books and that these are coming from uh, movie or television writers because they like to speed things up a little bit. All right, you got it. Let's go move on. So it was an excellent show, though. I liked it. I know some people probably hate it, but everyone's going to hate stuff anyway, so... It is what it is. Um, so, I did a podcast on Sunday. Um, wasn't as popular as my other ones, but I wasn't expecting it since it was Mother's Day. Um, just to recap, really, I won an auction at Sirius, and I finally got a Roberto Clemente, a 1961 PSA 8. Um, looked really nice. Centering was pretty good. Um, paid a little, paid definitely below average. <coughs> If it wasn't for that stupid bias premium of 12% plus insurance, it would have been even a, a better deal because I wanted at 284, but it goes all the way up to 320 with all the buyers, you know, nonsense. So um, there's that, and I also get a Carl Yastrzemski 1975 SGC9. And I think I had a score of 96. Um, I went on their website and they do have a pop report for SGC so I was there I was able to see that um, that there's only 30 of them but there's a lot more PSA but I thought it was a good deal I think I wanted it at 53 bucks I think all in I'm not a hundred percent sure I think 53 plus the premium so it's probably around 60 bucks I think the card sells for around 85 90 bucks right around there so I definitely got a good deal um, and, uh, I thought, and see, and this is what I preach, but I don't always practice. I would have thought that there would have been a lot less of these, and I sort of was rushing to get bids in because I was doing other things instead of slowing down, taking my time, and, um, making sure. Because I don't know if I would have bid that high because the pop was so high. It was like, I think, over 200 PSA 9s. That's a lot to me. To me, anyway. For, uh, you know, 70s cars. Um, so, I just thought it would be a little bit harder to get, and I guess wrong. And I guess that's also why the price was lower than, you know, a lot of the other cars that I've seen in a grade that high. So, if it's too good to be true, do your research. Because right there, 
maybe, you know, it, it's still a good deal. I'm not saying I didn't get a good deal, but I don't know if I would have bought it. I thought it was a much better deal than what it was. Um, my article, and I was talking about that on Sunday as well, a little recap, but I was really thinking about this more. And I, I basically wrote the article about 1985 cars and which ones were the best investments. And it's leading me to more of what people preach in stocks, diversification, and maybe buying like a portfolio, buying multiple cards to um, hedge your bets. Because a lot of times it's hard to, um, you can't, it's hard to time the market. And it's difficult to, um, why does one card go up on another, you know, based off of another card? Um, there's some factors as in all guys getting into the Hall of Fame or not going to be a Hall of Famer or, you know, finally not eligible. Um, death, they die. Did they do something in the public that was good and or bad? Um, things like that. But for the most part, their playing days are done. And so they're not going to do anything that so drastic that, you know, it's going to change their... Uh, change their card value, but I was wrong, <laughs> so, I mean, some of these cards went crazy high, and um, if you look long term with these investments, and you got to realize, we also went through a economic depression, I mean, when, the, when Wall Street crashed in 2008, I mean, that was, we were at the edge we're not at the edge of glory, as Lady Gaga would say. We were on the brink of something really, really bad. And so, cards, older cards, more expensive cards, actually didn't dip too much. It was the mid-range and lower cards that, that dropped. But they regained their value way quicker than the economy. So, if you're looking at it at that aspect, you have... 10 years, if you're looking for long-term investments and you're looking to um, use this as a vehicle to put your money elsewhere, it's a good, it's a good thing. It, it's, it's smart, to be honest with you, because the returns are better than stocks based off the 80s and I'm talking about just in general and I'm talking about higher end grade cards. Um, you know, the Mickey Mantles, the Willie Mazes, things like that. But even the not so high, like uh, Johnny Bench, you know, this is, I watched a video and some of these stats are coming from that. And um, I've, I think I pro I, I'm 99% sure I posted it on the Facebook group um, about this guy. And he's more into vintage cards and, and the investment analysis. But I'm going by 85 cards, which is still over what, 30 years old. So they are vintage to me. I mean, that's vintage. I mean, some people go vintage and they think you know 60s, 70s, and 50s, 60s, and 70s. But 
80s are vintage, man. That's they're talking about 30 years old. Yes, they were they're part of the junk era as well, and a ton were made. But like, I'm, I made a video of the 84 uh, tops rack case that I got, and I opened up a bunch of rack packs because I had to because I I'm a degenerate, I guess. No, I, I just had to. So I opened up, I think, six to eight packs, whatever it is. Now there's only 10 in the box. I'm going to sell those 10, and then the other two I didn't even touch. I opened the lid just to make sure that they were 84 tops, and I closed it, and that's it. I'm going to sell those on eBay. Um, and these cards, every single one of them, is off-centered, slightly skew. The corner might be nicked a little. You know how difficult it's going to be to get a PSA 10 from a rack box? You know, from old rack boxes? They're your best bet, you know, wax boxes and rack boxes and cases and things like that to get it, to, to find it. But it's tough, man. And so the investments is in the PSA cards and... There's no reason to be buying all these boxes and trying to, to see if you can get gold. I sort of lost track of my thought. If you saw, my head just went, Bleh. I don't know where I was going with that route. I wish I could play it back and listen to it, but I can't. But I think what I was trying to get at is that these vintage cards in the 80s are still very, yeah, there we go, are still pretty difficult to get in high grades and so because of it they are investable and uh i don't know if that's a word investable i never heard of it investable but you get what i'm trying to you, you understand don't don't be silly you understand what i'm talking about so gary v i saw it came out and i didn't read the article but i'm sure most of his stuff is he may, creates one piece of content, drives that, and basically says the same thing and then spreads it out all to different platforms for you to consume. So he's not um, wasting his time, you know, talking about or writing about it at, you know, five different articles and putting it in five different places. He creates this one thing and spreads it out all over the place. So he's talked about it at a show and now he's doing a blog and then he'll use that and cut and paste, you know, spread that out all over his platforms. And the gist is sports cards are coming back. He says the sneakerheads. I don't believe that at all. But maybe there's something in his data or, or something where he sees people who sell sneakers and now going to go to baseball cards or sports cards in general. I just don't see that being the driving force. I'm That may be, but I think the driving force is going to be people my age having and wanting to get back into collecting and then maybe having kids and then trying to get them into collecting but it'll be the people who now have money driving this that's where it is kids who didn't have money to get a mark mcguire mark mcguire rookie card who now do and they're just going to be driving they're going to be driving this up a lot and you have dumb money as well i mean you have I think it was uh, Wander Franco, his red autograph, which means there's only five of them out there, I think was over twenty dollars or $22,000. Um, I don't know where it ended up. I don't know if it finished um, recently, but 
this guy is in single A baseball and he hasn't played an inning in the majors. And it seems like unless he comes out of the gate really good, their prices tend to drop down a bit. And I don't know why. You would think, well, he finally made it to the majors. That's a good thing. And he's staying there. He might not be awesome, you know, whoever it is, but they stayed there and they made it. Their price should be up. But a lot of times, these guys go down. I, I, don't, I don't understand because they're not mega superstars or their price is just overvalued or I don't know. I'm not too sure. But um, unless they're at the top of the game, their prices tend to start going down a bit. So. I don't know. I don't know. I don't know. Um, I am at my job, so you know what that means. I have to skedaddle. SVA Baseball, SVA Baseball Card Collectors is my Facebook group. Head over there. SVA BB Collectors on Instagram, also on YouTube. Hopefully, I get a video out to you guys shortly, and I will see you tomorrow. Buy cards and go broke, people. Later.